0: and welcome to Michael and Ivanka's Grand Podcast.
1: This is a weekly podcast in which we improve our friendship by discussing difficult topics and trying to stay friends.
0: (laughs) It's it's also about you, listener, on some level that we perhaps haven't figured out yet. (laughs) No, no. This week is part two of art. Part two. Art, part two. (laughs) I still want to talk about the role of skill a bit more in art. I want to talk about some of this new sort of approaches to galleries or, like, immersive installations and sort of Instagram-friendly things. So I think it's quite interesting. And I'll probably yammer on about myself a bit more as well.
1: Why not? There's various arty moments, I think. Moments where art has moved w- a person, me, I think. Mm. is There's there's how hard it can get be to gain access, because I'm sure... There are many talented people out there producing amazing things that aren't getting seen for a whole variety mm. of reasons. Um, I refuse to believe that such a tiny percentage of people are capable of producing m- massively popular, worthwhile stuff. valid, good, good work. Good work. Mm. Yeah. Well, I've got a friend, the Instagram thing you mentioned reminded me of somebody I know who is an artist whose art is quite dark, so I can, as I said to him, I can admire his paintings and his skill, but I wouldn't want it in my house, and I'm not giving him any money. (laughs)
0: Okay, (laughs) All right, um, well, we'll get into that. Those
1: kind of things as well, and uh, yes, I think... Yes, well,
0: we'll get into that... There you go, uh, that'll do. ...once we've done our little intro bit. Mm -hmm.
1: So, how are you, Michael? How was your
0: week? Same thing, double episode. Have you? Oh, do you know what? I got a tax rebate. That's (gasps) coming. So, one of the advantages of being an artist slash loser for most of last year is that the usual thing. The usual thing. (laughs) Like last year, I got hit by a massive corporation tax bill at the end of the year. Um, because I've worked pretty much constantly the year before. This year, because I didn't work much last year, I was sort of like counting down to my corporation tax bill, but it's actually a rebate this year, so that's nice. Not loads, but it's like few, you know, it's not an emergency. Plus, I've taken a job before I completely ran out of money for a change. Um, Wow, how grown up of you, Michael. (laughs) Things are. I'm slowly inching towards maturity, but, you know taken a while yeah i was going to mention the um in terms of that fake news discussion we had i don't know if you noticed yes. that the the thumbnail for the second one i used that mad cow brexit correlation what graphic that i have seen on a lot of my friends you know channels of and i well, the first time i saw it i was looking at it i was like i mean they're all the same i mean that's too close to be I'm not sure about this. So I went and um you know, checked Snopes and sure enough, it's a fake image and it's yeah. like it but it's being spread around the liberal bubble as though it's true. And you know, we cannot criticize the right for believing fake news if we're not gonna be conscientious about spotting stuff that we like the look of so i i just think that's a case in point the fact that that thing was so widely shared I, obviously something needs to happen to get people to kind of look at this stuff a bit more closely
1: i thought that was quite an offensive image really yeah i mean if, especially anyway. if
0: it's not true i mean if it was true it's like you know you kind of love it <laughs> but at the same time <laughs> If, yeah, if it's not true as it isn't, it's sort of like sorry, you're just that's just adding to the conflict.
1: Yeah, but I, that's not
0: solving anything. So no. you know you've got to watch out.
1: Conversely, mm. uh, a friend of mine who shares many things, uh, many many of them are valid, and sometimes I look at them and think, nah, that can't be. That's a bit liberal, wishful thinking, mm. drinking the Kool Aid. Anyway, he shared an image of Brett Kavanagh, and there's a picture of him, and then all these women sitting behind him all pulling faces of disgust and uh, he put it on his Facebook and a few people went is this real but so I toddled off to the original article which was on time.com and I have to assume that if time.com are featuring the image as Mm -hmm. part of their article that it's probably real um, would so so. One would hope so. So a man who, um, so I presented that as uh, evidence that it was in fact a real image. Um, mm-hmm. But yes, I I was the uh, the fact checker for that Facebook post amongst my little group of friends.
0: <laughs> I suppose it's the stuff that you doesn't even seem that remarkable that's false is even more dangerous in some ways. So the stuff that is like the mad cow thing is like that's a funny idea. Um, but the stuff that just seems normal that. Doesn't seem remarkable at all, but is not true. Is going to be even harder to fact check and stay on top of. So that's 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 probably where the battle really gets fought next, isn't well,
1: it? One of my cousins here in Croatia sent me a LinkedIn an article describing how some uh, Muslim youths uh, beat somebody up in Britain. Mm. And it's a Croatian news article describing the outrage of the British public. And then I had this moment of trying to decide whether or not to, how to address it. So, so far I've ignored it. Do I send him a link back to an article where some British youths have beaten up a Polish man whose name was Polish? You know, what? how do I mm. respond? Because A, why did he send it to me? B, you know, because we do have this little bit of the... This area of the world is not as progressive mm. as perhaps I am. I try not to be too vociferous with my political opinions because I do love my family, but at the same time I don't I don't let things slide. So yeah. there's this also this story going around here where somebody was talking to me, blah blah blah, Donald Trump, and then went, Well, at least he's Catholic. I was like, what? <laughs> what has that got to do? A, he's not, and B. What has that got to do with anything ever in the whole world?
0: How much great undiscovered art is there yeah. is there?
1: Yes. Um, i I would suppose that there's quite a lot of it. <laughs> Surely an example that I have to illustrate my theory or support my theory is it is from the guilty feminist. So it's about equality. So, uh, just to warn you, it's about feminism, <laughs> but he I'm talks the about, the, uh, there's a Melbourne film festival that, you know, people submit movies, films to They're independent movies. They then get judged by the critics and always, um, the, you know, there's like, of the movies are by men, and then there's a few done by women that creep through. And then this year they changed it and made it blind submissions, so the critics had to, the judges had to watch the films and judge them not on any other information than watching the film. And then it was 50-50 in terms of female and male directors.
0: Imagine that.
1: Fascinating. Mm. Because one of the problems I think with... Experts in art, critics in art, is that your response to a piece of art is so subjective, and uh, it is your reaction. I don't really know. Yes, of course, critics can give you a steer, but they too have biases. Yeah, they, they yeah, too yeah. have. They're not. They're not measuring. They're not sticking a thermometer in something and telling you what temperature it is. They are. They're of course yeah. bringing judgment in that's based on expertise and knowledge and all that
0: stuff, and the way they might interpret and not adhering to certain you know expectations or conventions might differ depending on the gender of the person. So yeah. if it's a man, it's it's a bold departure from convention. If it's a woman it's like oh a naive misunderstanding yes. of what makes something good like that yeah. that sort of mentality that c- sort
1: of stuff is the stuff that's st- and that, that's not to say that you, there aren't biases that apply to you know class backgrounds color of the artist the name mm. the you know all sorts of things will create biases some of many of which the judges possibly are not aware of at all yeah, yeah. That's another thing to, to bear in mind with these kind of conversations. You know, your A&R person is also trying to make a living and yeah. they're basing on, you know, basing their decisions on previous successes, on their own biases, on their own fear of losing their own jobs and not making a la la la. So, yeah. you know, there are all these inherent biases, which I think we all like to believe that this new Internet you know, creates an equal platform and removes all these things, but it doesn't. It is very hard to create a situation where being good is enough to get you to the top.
0: Yeah. I mean, what I would say is that there are now more ways to kind of break through than there ever have been, but they they still tend to be quite specific ways. And often, the, the weird thing is some of them will only really work once as well so like whereas before there were gatekeepers very clear gatekeepers to exposure for example now yeah yeah it's it's a bit more fluid than that and it's a bit more weird and unexpected than that but yes there are still very much unconscious or conscious biases in those i to me personally i, I you know I feel like the press and the critics are the people that I can't seem to kind of get on my side and like if i could then you know that would make a huge difference
1: i had this conversation recently with somebody who works in the tv world and she talked about the fact that when you're putting a team together it can be very hit and miss of whether you're getting good people or people can live up to the skills that they purport to have Mm -hmm. And my understanding of that media world is that it's very nepotistic. And that's one of the reasons. Mm. And I, I, so I said, surely that's partly down to the nepotism. Um, and she said, yes, there's very much this sort of jobs get kept within people who know each other. You know, they pass jobs around. If your father nor mother did something, then the chances are they can call in a favour and get somebody. So there's like, it isn't necessarily deliberately excluding other people, but it's certainly deliberately including the people that are in your gang. Yeah. Um, and I think that's true of a lot of the art world. Yeah, I mean, look at I see the example that's coming to my head. Have you watched Billy Elliot the movie? Yeah, so, no, you know, no. there he is, a sort of Geordie miner's son yeah. who wants to do ballet and ends up, at the yeah, yeah. At, you know, auditioning and, you know, has this kind of, like, you know, auditioning to these posh people, posh southern folk out of spite as much as anything yeah. else. And there's that sort of, like, you know, everyone loves a movie. Well, that is a feel-good movie. That is yeah, somebody yeah, no, who's yeah. fought through it's and then one. got there. And, <laughs> and those people that are excluding entry... They're not going out of their way necessarily to exclude, you know, Geordie minus sons from ballet, but they're just making it inaccessible. So they speak mm-hmm. in a different language, or they, they, you know, you if you if you don't know what to ask for, you're not going to get the right help. So I, you know, I imagine breaking into the music industry or the art, and art must be so much harder because you have to sort of nurture painting art, maybe. I think there are fewer of these new channels in that world if you are a somebody who paints or somebody, a sculptor, than there are for the music or even film because it's still not digital. What do you think?
0: It, I mean, it's probably easier to charge something for what you've done, though, in those worlds because there's a thing, like, here's oh, a thing. that's true. Right. You right? can buy this so painting. It doesn't fall into that kind yeah. of ephemeral...
1: That's true. Kind of,
0: but, but then, you know, I do know, I, you know, I have a friend who's a painter and he does work digitally, a lot of it. But, um you know, he puts a lot of time into his website and trying to get people to buy prints and trying to get people onto his Patreon and, like, yeah, all yeah. these things. And, and, like, we you know, we have conversations about a similar kind of... I think if any, he's actually managing to make a living from it. He's very good uh, in a way that, you know, I just haven't managed to crack with music, but I don't know. I think, like, a picture when there's an artefact... And that's why I think like probably selling a physical record, even if you don't actually need it to listen to the thing, you've got that object. It's something that people are more likely to pay for than um, something that is literally sits on your hard drive.
1: Yeah. Or doesn't, you know, a Spotify subscription and a something else subscription. Yeah. At least when I had e music, I used to go in and choose some music and download it, which mm. was more than... Spotify don't even do that.
0: Similarly, sort of Netflix, iTunes, all these
1: yeah, things. Yeah, that's true. All of these things. Um, I can
0: complain about yeah. I can complain about music, but the amount of money that goes into making a film that, that, that can then just be immediately you know, that's all about the box office takings. You know, it's all about kind of not letting it leak. <laughs> So that you can get your kind of first weekend Maximum, box office yeah. money and like hopefully make your money back because you after that like good luck.
1: I mean, with the model, just because I don't know, you know, if you're doing digital rentals, where you know who's making all the money on those? Because some of those, like if you do HD video rental, that's like four ninety nine for a couple of nights. That's not insignificant.
0: I, yeah, well, I suspect it's kind of... It comes down to the usual sort of distributor chain thing. So yeah. Apple will get their 30%, then probably the distributors will get X amount, and then, like, it goes down... The artists
1: there. will get 10 pence. When it comes to thinking about art... In Mm. all honesty, I think about it as a consumer. I don't think about how to reward artists or how to help. Um, I probably spend more time thinking about what's the easiest way for me to encounter good things or waste least time watching, listening to, seeing things that I'm not going to enjoy or not going to get something out of. Um, And for, for most of my life, I've relied on people whose taste I trust or who who I like I figure well if I like you and you like something then you know I'm definitely willing to give that a go so it's Mm. not so the making money out of it thing is not something I've thought about other than one thing that became very apparent to me when I arrived in England having been in school in Yugoslavia in Yugoslavia we did art but when we did art at school and we did art and music it was all history of art and history of music you had to be mm. knowledgeable about these things um, but there were in any school that it would be expected that a tiny percentage of people would be a musician or an artist like mm. one in a School of a Thousand, literally Mm. learning. And then I got to Sixth Form College in Brighton. And as far as I could establish, everybody was doing art A-level. And I was like, how can there be this many artists? I can't possibly, you know, you can't possibly all make a living out of art if there's this many of you. I mean, that was my 16-year-old communist brain. It was like... (laughs) This is the,
0: um, okay, so it's interesting that you used the word communist there because it kind of like (laughs) instantly deflated my, uh, like, the thing which I was going to say, like, as, as more and more people get access to a little bit of privilege if even if that's student loans right student or grants or whatever like a student grant allows more people to do stuff where they're not actively contributing to the economy you know the fact that we could afford more and more of our students to study kind of like woolly stuff shows like overall a certain amount of progress um but then also you know on the other side when you think about what a lot of jobs are now that sort of content creation being creative is such a more important part of of you know finding a career now than it maybe used to be
1: absolutely, absolutely and i think Mm. you know what you talked about in the last episode about the Mm. luxury automated communism Mm -hmm. i think more people being more creative is an inevitable consequence bizarrely in a communist state where you know you need engineers and workers and then you need a few artists so it's not disregarding the need for artists but it was the select few you know the the mm. Soviet Russia still had the Bolshoi ballet they didn't dismiss the Bolshoi as a bourgeois activity they still maintained the ballet but it, it was an it, not everyone could pitch up and join in. Well I
0: suppose You know, I suppose if uh, there's this, I I, I suppose actually there's there's (laughs) a trend of people. Well, no, but comparing communism to kind of capitalism, um, you know, artists. If you are looking for someone that is ultra rich and successful, it will be an artist a lot of the time. So it will sort of be kind of people will be attracted to that aspect of it. Whereas if it's literally, here is the pragmatic cross section of skills that we require and we're not really going to reward any one more than any other it's it does become more about is am i is that what i want to do or do i just want all the fame and fortune for doing ostensibly very little work which i suppose is you know your kind of x factor contestants
1: worldview perhaps so i'm doing a line out of wikipedia because i just checked that it wasn't the soviet union that um I, I was just checking that I wasn't sort of going oh the, actually the Soviets killed the bolsheviks and then they, it got resurrected no they didn't mm. so, but it does say in the, on the Wikipedia page which is therefore true uh, since the dissolution of the Soviet Union there have been a few attempts to reduce the theatre's traditional dependence on large state subsidies so if you have a mm. state in communism you do give money to these things they're, they're not the people participating are not required to fund it so you kind of have government patronage mm. Of the arts. right?
0: And But and like I said last episode, when, about yeah, like it used to be that. religion it used to be the state. So in communism, it'll put money yeah. in, but you got to say the sort of stuff that we but approve yeah, of. We say, yeah, which in some ways means you can get much more affecting, effective art because it's been given that funding and it can be allowed to really shine. But it's then it's going to get, you know, the way that
1: yeah,
0: like we've said it, like now it's sort of like marketability has become the source of our values. Whereas, you know, if it, if it is state sponsored, then it's the state, the values that the state has decided on that are kind yeah. of controlling what, what it is used to express. And there's pros and cons to each of those. But it would be nice if it was neither as well.
1: actually quite depressing it's like even if you know in the olden days where you might have had patronage from a wealthy sponsor i imagine it would be rare that they would really give you free reign so your best bet at being an artist who could truly do whatever they wanted to is to be independently wealthy and the wealth not depend on the art at all yeah, and I think yeah. you know if you really want to make statements about the state of the world, I mean, delight and grooves in the heart is fantastic. Fantastic, it is art. It's brilliant, but it's not designed to create. In fact, if anything, it's designed to distract us from the state <laughs> of our lives. Here you go, have yeah, yeah. a boogie to this! Yay, woo! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like uh, you know, if anything, it plays into the hands of the uh, the oppressors. I think a lot of it still boils down to what good is.
0: And just, just to remember that it's not just art that suffers from that, you know, the need to be able to have space to fail, the need to be able to, you yeah. know, be creative. It's, you know, it's the same for business. Like you kind of need to be a bit independently wealthy to be able to take a risk on an idea yeah. and give it enough time um, yeah, that yeah, you're going to, yeah. you know, be able to, you know, have a proper go at it.
1: Yeah. And that's um, so, yeah, as a follow-up to my thing about getting to British, you know, Brighton Sixth Form College, you know, how come it, I was doing two maths A-levels in electronics and everyone did yeah. art. Um, equally now, there's this mass defunding of the arts and, you know, I stand by what I said originally, which is that we absolutely, as a healthy society, need to have people who are inspired to who have the talent who have the who who are prepared to dedicate because it requires so much dedication if we stick by our statement of like you need to create the 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 the, um the circumstances by which genius can enter Mm. you have got to dedicate a lot of time and effort and energy for that those moments of genius to strike and We need people who are willing to do that. Me personally, I don't think I was ever into any sort of instrument, any sort of art artistic endeavour that would that would uh, inspire me to give it enough time and enough work and enough energy and I think you know, but for those that do, I I, I want them to continue to do it.
0: Like lots of people want to be an artist maybe because maybe maybe all for genuine reasons, but maybe a lot of the time it is because you kind of think it might be a shortcut to fabulous wealth. I think just if the stage was just like, okay, we'll buy you a guitar, because knowing that 95% of people will kind of lose interest, like given the opportunity, they'll realise that maybe it's not for them. Yeah, yeah. And then the few of us that do actually like, you know, for me, like it's just in me. And it's something I am angry that I can't not do sometimes. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. if I don't do this, I will just, I, I, I don't know who I am. Like, the people that just let us do it, like, don't make me constantly analyze what I'm doing for its commercial value, which is only going to reduce, it's only going to make it something wrong. Like if, you know, just give people a bit of mental space to try stuff because just knowing that a lot of people will lose interest pretty quickly and yeah. then hopefully do something else, realise that they do just want to be a plumber. Yeah, <laughs> I practised
1: the accordion dil- diligently whilst my mother said, but as soon as I lost the the parental driver, I was like, yeah, no, I don't need to do that now. Yay.
0: I always got my validation, like most of my validation, especially without a mother from that. But I suppose you probably get this from a mother as well. Like, you're so clever what you've done there. That's very clever. Like when you do something clever, there's like no there's no question mark on that, I guess. But you can't carry that into art because if you're just being clever with it, it's sort of like people don't want to be like, Looking, they're not going to get a visceral experience from something no. from thinking about how clever the artist was well, it's in like creating Stuart Lee.
1: it. No, it's like Stuart Lee. Yeah, they're very clever, yeah. Stuart. But I'm not laughing. I want to laugh. You're a comedian. Make me laugh. <laughs> Write a joke. Tell me a joke. Art isn't about being clever. No, in the way that we understand it, it's about being. And I don't think we. That's what's not valued enough is the, that the sort of, just pure creativity mm. without cleverness do you know, do you know? Mm. i just think that if cleverness, somebody
0: paint- i i always I, I you know if you'd asked me i would have like put those things in the same to mean the same but that's an interesting I don't dichotomy you're just making me think about cleverness versus creativity
1: it's like a, a, a creativity is probably the wrong word but it's like no, it, it's like yeah, oh, aren't you clever? That's very clever. It's something we all know is a good thing. And if you, you know, if somebody says, "Oh, your child's clever," you're like, "Yeah, they are. It's amazing." If you, if you go to school and you get from your this kid's report that they're just they're really funny. Mm.
0: It's
1: like, would you be as proud? My kid's really funny. <laughs> That's what they've picked funny up. They like <laughs> oh, yeah. it. My my kid, they, you know, Billy Bob can make everybody in school laugh what a joy he is to have around you'll be like I mean I'd probably be perfectly happy for that but you know like versus Billy Bob is really clever and will surely become an ex you know we have high hopes for Billy Bob we're all told that that's what we're supposed to be excited about and proud of whereas if somebody's really clever oh they're so good at drawing or they have some really crazy ideas when they're doing their paintings You'd be like, "What am I supposed to get them assessed? <laughs> what What? What do you mean? When you say crazy ideas, what do you mean, crazy ideas? Well, actually, you know, a, a friend of mine recently, she told me, but one of her sons is slightly on the spectrum. And I didn't know that, but I've always, since he's been little, he's always come up with, you know, his own little lens on the world, which has always been, mm. I've always enjoyed hearing his, oh, what did he say about such and such? You know, like little, he has little isms that are him. And uh, apparently in school they've established that he's somewhere on the spectrum, so he has some, some assistance now. And I was like, well, I hope they don't, you know, like, overfix him <laughs> because yeah. he's cool the way, you know, he has these... There's something very valuable and impressive about his lens on the world, I think. but Yeah, he's yeah there's value. a lot of
0: value to those little... Like, you don't want to just normalise it, you know, just, like, make everything, everyone the same. No. That would be... Awful, creativity is you know is definitely something that defines us, and I think we do rely on the sort of crazier people to kind of think of those things that most of us wouldn't. And it's really yeah. a catalyst for human progress. Is yep. you know slightly, you know, idiosyncratic
1: Just not alternative. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's not necessarily systematizable. You know, it's like well, it is it, these unique lenses it has to be
0: if it's formulaic that's when it you kind of feel like it stops being art like you don't call someone who's created a factory in china to print tapestries no. as artists it's it's the people that try something that hasn't been tried that you think of as the artists the new medium is technological i think code is a very expressive medium for artists to sort of learn to work within but something i can't stand is sort of those interactive art installations where you um sort of stand in front of a thing and it like makes it move around based on where you're waving your arms around because i think those things to me just seem like toys rather than Art. I think art should be, and I've said this before, I kind of feel like art should be rhetorical. It should be a sort of someone kind of making a statement about something. And as soon as you make it kind of a, a thing that someone else is controlling, like it's some sort of like toy, it, 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 it sort of ceases to have artistic value to me. That said... These, like, museums are, you know, they used to be in museums, no no photos sort of thing, yeah. like you're not, or galleries, you weren't supposed to take pictures of anything. But now there's this growing trend of these sort of immersive art installations, like both of my recent Facebook pictures have been me in one of these things by the same artist. Isn't it nice to, like... Be able to go somewhere and take a nice, have a nice picture taken of yourself on some like really interesting background and share that on Instagram or use that as your, doesn't that have more value than kind of standing in front of something and just looking at it and going, yeah, okay.
1: I think there's something about just being there. The minute you're you're curating your own Instagram feed from what's in front of you, you're not contemplating it. Well, you know what, you
0: know, I, I, I sort of say that you do get excellent
1: Instagram pictures,
0: but actually like being in the sort of mirrored installation where like it's sort of an infinite glowing thing in every direction is like, you're not going to get that any other way than kind of being there either. So it's, right. it kind of works both ways, which is kind of cool. Maybe it's just really good.
1: <laughs> to answer your original thing, I think there's maybe something, there's a new sort of new layer on the art being formed when visitor with with phone you know with camera and instagram meets artwork that's up for consideration but i think there are too many things that we go along to and we're not present at all and how can you possibly then know what you think if you're not actually having a look at it um equally though there's like i went to dallas modern art museum I had very low expectations because I'm prejudiced like that. And it was brilliant, really brilliant. Uh, but one of, the, one of the exhibits was um, an Alexander Calder, or two or three of those, he does those mobiles. And you weren't allowed to, you know, blow on them. You weren't allowed to make <laughs> them move. Which I mean, obviously, I walk past and I sort of. I mean, it, it's designed to move. Why wouldn't mm. I be allowed to? You know, at least put a fan near it and do something yeah. so that it. You know, why am I supposed to just look at a state? Look at it as though it was designed to be a stationary object when, it clearly wasn't. <laughs> it's like, Make it, yeah, let
0: it be ephemeral. Let it decay from loads yeah. of people touching it. Sure. Just, I, I,
1: I think sometimes the interactive bits make you be more present. But I've been to weird sound dis- mm. installations at things, and you're like, Pff, it's just noise, I don't know. Where do you want me to stand again? <laughs> 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 what? <laughs> and I can be a total heathen, or, or actually, or just, I don't know, whatever I am. Yeah, you know, I don't
0: see the point of these rooms in art galleries where they just show, like, a film on a loop. I'm like, well, I didn't come here to watch a film. <laughs> and also, this is
1: boring. And I'm walking in halfway through one of my favourite modern art video installations uh that i didn't know ever was going on. i was at moma name dropping the gunner now now a friend of mine and uh this i don't know what the artist was called but he just had it was just this video on constant loop of him going this is art then turning this is art then turning this is art and he just turned constantly saying this is art and repeating it and i actually really enjoyed it <laughs> like oh,
0: well that cool. uh, reminds me of ron swanson going art is just look here's the thing art is just anything Art is anything. <laughs> A little aside on some, why I hmm. sometimes just hate humanity. You know, I just Googled the artist's name. Uh, Japanese artist Yayoi Kusama, who did the this sort of pumpkin thing and, and did this thing with, like, balls in different colours and sort of basically mirror stuff. The rest of the headline, Japanese artist Yayoi Kusama's pumpkin installation reflects the hottest colour of <laughs> 2017. I mean, what kind of, could you have a more arbitrary and asinine response to a piece of art than going, oh, that color's very fashionable now this year. This architectural <laughs> digest. This is the the uh, the frustration of the artist is often the thing you put into something isn't the thing that makes it successful it's the way it is something that you couldn't predict about it that makes it take off like you put all this stuff into it but there's a very faint hope of any of that being the thing that actually connects with people if yeah. it did suddenly take
1: off but any project you can't guarantee you always try you know Put stuff out there. Yeah. This is what you, I mean, you have been saying how important all creativity is in all work. Any product mm. you create, you're like, is this the thing? You know, we've put all this effort into this bit of functionality, but it's this other thing that everyone bangs on about. <laughs> like, are we just put that in as an afterthought. In text messaging only exists as an afterthought. Um, mm. I but suppose yes. that's what
0: iteration as an artist is. You're sort of like by producing, if you kind of find a vein that you're happy to produce lots of pieces within that rough style, or then kind of iterating up to the point that something does maybe connect with people that just for you was just like a little tweak on a technique, yeah, yeah, but yeah, for yeah, them yeah. is like, oh, this means.
1: Oh, I see. Yeah, <laughs> like,
0: and then yeah, and, and whether or not that makes them look at anything else you've done, which there's absolutely like probably very unlikely these days as well like you can have one piece of work that lots of people will get excited about but there's there's no guarantee that that will give you a name or make anyone look at anything else you've done still because you're yeah. still kind of like competing every time against all these different things The conversation Sharon and I always have in art galleries is like, we want to see a bit of craft. We want to see some skill, even yeah. if like, so you might see something. Sometimes I just look at something. And, and even though it's like a X on a canvas, the fact that that canvas is perfectly white and enormous, I'm kind of going, I just, I don't know how you managed to keep that clean. <laughs> I <can laughs> yeah, actually yeah, move yeah, that yeah. to me yeah. is like, okay, well that, that sort of gives it some validity. That's not to say that there isn't value in something that you know that thing of like my toddler could have drawn that. Yeah, uh, the question. But would they? You know, yeah, would yeah, you yeah. have se- like part of being an artist is curating what you've created and saying, okay, this is a finished thing. This is a thing with value. So that you know, David Shrigley is great because he's found this way of doing this. His his it's almost like anti-craft. But you know it's funny, and but he just like tons and tons of stuff he's creating all the time. Just I don't know, like so. There's always an exception that proves the rule, whatever that means. But like I do, you know, I want to see either a bit of craft, or I want to see at least they've really or effort, definitely doing it on purpose. <sighs> yeah, yeah yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Deliberate. Maybe art needs to be. I, think I do it should I, be yeah. deliberate. Deliberate. Like. When we were talking about critics, you talked about the fact that they have a more sophisticated way of looking at things. Well. mm -hmm. So the word sophisticated, discuss.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, you know, because, and and, and I was going to come back to that and say, like, along a certain dimension, right? So, and we, and maybe we're not always right to kind of look at these people's, you know, they might feel like they know the criteria against which the art should be judged, but they there's nothing to say that they're not missing a point but that's that's like if i'm not motivated to kind of learn like get the hang of what i'm looking at like develop my own personal kind of expertise about you know how to how to understand what i'm looking at if it's assuming it's not just going to give me some visceral reaction then the first thing you do is sort of like delegate that to a critic but of course criticism can be problematic and can be idiosyncratic in just the same way so I I suppose it comes down to recommendations at the end of the day like if a a critic that I like sort of consistently gives me recommendations that I turn out to enjoy then I'm more likely to give something a chance if they've said that it's good and actually like if you are critiquing stuff purely on the technical craft I don't think you're necessarily going to catch all the best stuff either yeah yeah because like also, it's, te-
1: also this is what your point you were making about Polished. People's craft and technical skill can improve, but the sort of creative nugget, the, 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 the idea within a thing is what really we should be looking for. That's the thing you're going to have the emotional yeah. reaction to, isn't it? Yes.
0: Yes, 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 yes. And slash but. <laughs> that on its own is not enough. There's a great Ghibli film where the, the 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 metaphor is look what you've created is it's like an unpolished you've found some raw a raw gemstone but it's you know covered in earth and things what i'm going to show you now is how to kind of polish it and be intentional about how you present it yeah right so i have always put a lot of value on that presentation learning how to present and polish something cuz i think Especially now, you can't expect the audience to put in all the work. And I've worked with people who very much are of the feeling that it's up to the audience to figure out what they've made. And I think it's like, yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, that would be easier for you if the audience had to do all the work.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
0: But really, if you're serious about this, you need to learn how to present it in such a way that the audience is going to, you know, it's a bit fairer. It's a bit more equal. Like you give them, you've got to give them something, especially now that there's, you know, so many things competing for their attention that are great. There's so many great things competing for their attention. Have you heard about Yusaku Maezawa and the hashtag Dear Moon Project? No. This guy, I think he's going to be the first SpaceX rocket trip to the moon. Oh, I have, I have, I have heard of him. And he is taking a selection of artists with him. Yes. And that, I mean, yeah. (laughs) Cool. You hope that there will be some fairly seminal and sort of like... Era-defining work that will come out of doing this. Yeah, yeah, who should you bring to the moon? Who should you expose to this stuff that no one's ever seen? Not, we've sent the scientists up. Let's send some artists up. Yeah,
1: that's who should be patron of the arts. Somebody's got shit ton of cash. And can go, right, people, here's some money, here's some, let's, let's go.
0: Now get into this ring and let's... kill each other
1: until, yeah, no.
0: <laughs> until, <laughs> we, so I can choose which one. I'm like, I want to go.
1: But... You want to go, do you want to go to the moon? Yeah, I wouldn't mind.
0: Wouldn't <laughs> <worried> that, uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: I didn't realise that was going to be your take. Sorry, I can't think of anything more terrifying than to get into a spaceship a rocket and go to the moon i always wanted to do you it. do want to go into space yeah though on the subject of this dear moon thing one of my most yeah. irritating moments at canonical was when we were talking about some interaction and mark went yeah but when you're in space <laughs> like
0: irritating <laughs> for me i was like Nobody i'm else. so excited that someone else someone i'm in a room with someone that just that went into space being in space into a conversation <laughs> yes. like, oh my god <laughs> I can't believe you used the word irritating for that. For me, it was like the best, the the one moment that. that you know,
1: <laughs> <What>? <laughs> irritating! It's like I can't. Dis- I don't know where to go now. It's like. We've got no common point of reference. Yeah, you yeah, just you win. Fine. separated us in this conversation.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, that, and that's the that's the thing. Like <laughs> you, you make
1: whatever you say. Let's do it. Um, what if the artists
0: yeah. make stuff that no one, none of us can un- possibly understand because <laughs> we haven't been to the moon? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The, 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 so, I get, yeah so the idea. It just brings it back round to let's express something larger than ourselves, let's express the divine, whether it's Aaron Sorkin presenting a sort of idealised version of politics, or like political discourse, or it's the Sistine Chapel kind of showing you God, or even like a, a rave like Psytrance or something, where everyone's sort of taken the same pills and they're being exposed to this ultraviolet kind of psychedelic thing that will give them this spiritual experience. I really think if art can give us access to that, to the divine, I just find that so much more valuable than its inverse, which is like just personal individualistic or sort of like gritty stuff. I, I would just much rather we poured our energies into something bigger than ourselves amen (laughs) amen okay thanks for listening thank you for listening Thank (laughs) thank you for listening genuinely thank you for listening honestly thank you so much for listening through to our podcast we any if there's anything we can do for for you email hello at grandpodcast.com. we don't get much so please you know whatever just give us a shout you can find me at michaelforestmusic.com where can people find you
1: okay. find me at ivanka on twitter
0: if you like if you, people like it what can they do
1: Uh, If they like our podcast, uh, they can write us reviews on whatever platform they're listening to us on. Uh, They can make sure they're subscribed so they get the latest episode automatically. Uh, Subscribe your friends. Even if you don't particularly like it, your friends might like it. So, you know, don't, don't... Don't bow to pressure. Just get people listening. And let them draw their own conclusions. This is a no judgment sort of environment. Um, and yes, that'll do. Write us some reviews. Yeah, I said that. Anyway, do listen. We like it when people listen because then yeah. we get affirmation because that's still up.
0: <laughs> when, yeah, also, when people ask us about the podcast that we spend um, 20% of our week opting to do instead of getting paid, we don't have to feel like such losers. <laughs> the higher number exactly. we can say, the less we have to the feel like losers for The doing less this. loserish.
1: Yes, exactly. You that's know, exactly. We're what...
0: not, like we've said, like you know, our This stuff doesn't happen for free. Like we have to put time in. We have to make mm. time for it and put a lot of work in. So, yes, you know, not that exactly. that's your problem, and <laughs> it's no different for anything else you might choose to consume instead. But just saying, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Bye. Yeah, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. 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 (laughs) Bye-bye.